From 11.59pm tonight, we will close our border to any non-residents and citizens attempting to travel here. This will stop tourists or temporary visa holders, including students or temporary workers, from coming to and entering into New Zealand. The pandemic has, has really smashed the international education system where we used to have 120,000 students a year. Now, you know, we're down to about, I think it was as, it was as low as 12,000. Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, international education used to be a massive earner for Aotearoa. The biggest group from China, followed by India. They contributed a massive $4.6 billion to our economy. After the sector was gutted by the pandemic, there was a chance for a reset. We don't just want to build back the way that we were. We want a sector that delivers higher value, that's resilient, sustainable and recognised for its innovative international educational offerings for both domestic and international students. But as the school year gets underway, will international student enrolments ever return to what they were? It's not yet clear how strongly the numbers will bounce back. The school can only host international students if they've got space. You need classroom capacity to host students. So that's probably the biggest reason why um, we will not be going back to 350 or 400 international students in a given year. I'll be talking later to the principal of the Auckland High School that once had the country's highest number of foreign students. But first, RNZ's education correspondent, John Gerritsen. There was a report in 2018 for the government that estimated the value of export education, as they call it, was just over $5 billion a year. Now, some of that was the fees paid directly to education institutions. That was about a billion dollars or so. But most of it was really actually living costs, so the um, incidental costs that foreign students incurred when they got to New Zealand. So things like uh, rentals and flats, food and drink and so forth, and also travel around the country, because a lot of students, once they're here, they'll go and you know do a bit of tourism. So all up, that actually made um, export education the fourth largest export earner for New Zealand in 2018. So you know this was a really big deal, and I think one of the interesting things about this sector is that it also um, uh, contributes to a, a lot of quite reasonably high-value jobs. So uh, this report actually said about 50,000 jobs were supported by foreign students and then, and then um, you know, directly and then other jobs more incidentally. But a lot of those jobs, you know, are reasonably well-paid. You know, this isn't uh, an industry that results in a lot of people being hired at, say, minimum wage. Pretty significant. Um, and, and just finally on, on that note, um, about half of New Zealand's PhD students uh, were from overseas because the government has uh, long had a policy of treating foreign PhD students as domestics. So they get uh, subsidised, the government subsidises their enrolments and they are charged only the same fee as a domestic student, not a foreign student fee. So all told, a really quite a, a big contribution um, economically and also in other, in other aspects to New Zealand. And in terms of the number of students, there were about 120,000. So, yeah, wow. a, a quite a big number. And then 2020 comes and this is just all, all gone. Yeah, that's right. Um, what happened was uh, a lot of students were stuck, unable to get into the country. M many were already here. Some of those who were here left. Interesting dynamic. Um, I talked to a few uh, school principals about this. They said a lot of their students who came from Europe and so forth might have stayed for a few months and then left. some left immediately. But students who'd come from some of the Asian countries 
really found themselves unable to leave. Schools, universities and politics are figuring out what to do with thousands of foreign students who will have to stay in the country over the summer holidays. There are about 50,000 international students in New Zealand and there are not yet any quarantine arrangements that will allow those who are partway through their studies to leave at the end of the year and then return next year. Once you've opted out of the education system in some, some, some countries like, say, China and Korea, it's really hard to get back in. There's certain tests you have to do every year. So they found themselves actually locked in to continuing their New Zealand education. And so, you know, you had some quite sad stories of young teenagers who didn't see their families for the duration of the pandemic. So the numbers dropped a lot. And um, if we think about that 120,000 students that might come to New Zealand over the course of the year, that was uh, down to around just fewer than 12,000 students by the start of April 2022. By about the middle of 2022, um, just before enrolments uh, or applications for visas restarted, there were nearly 15,000 foreign students. So uh, a few, you know, a few had been let in under special schemes over the last couple of years. So the numbers just fell enormously. And in financial terms, that's had a huge impact on, on tertiary institutions and on schools. You know, prior to the pandemic, they were getting more than a billion dollars a year in fees. And, and really, that's, that's more than halved. Um, yeah. I've yeah, estimated they've probably lost, you know, a good billion, one and a half billion dollars over the past three years. Absolutely huge loss in fees as, as you talk about there, but what has this meant for the industry? Like, um, What does it mean for the services they can provide now? Well, certainly universities made a lot of cutbacks, or most universities made a lot of cutbacks early on. They could see the writing was on the wall that the, the number of students they had would fall, so they made quite a lot of layoffs. As many as 230 staff members at Auckland University of Technology are facing redundancy due to the ongoing impact of COVID-19. A significant drop in international students as well as economic pressures has driven the university to a proposed restructure. Foreign students generally pay you know, more than twice what a domestic student is worth to a university. I know in schools they also have had to cut back. You know, a lot of them have lost their um, international student departments almost entirely. You know, they haven't been able to keep staff on. So you know, there's, there's been some big impacts on schools from that. There's things that they would have funded out of foreign students' fees that they haven't been able to over the last couple of years. So if all these people have been made redundant, as you say, how are we going to build up the, the staff that are needed again in these schools and universities? The first thing to say is it's not yet clear how strongly the numbers will bounce back, so how quickly they're going to need to rehire those staff. But, but in some cases, the lack of those staff in the first place is going to make it hard to bounce back because these are people who are accustomed to working with agents and encouraging students to come and look after the students when they're here. Obviously, courses can be re rebuilt and so forth, but I think they have found it really difficult having to make cutbacks to staff um, numbers and, and to certain courses because of the lack of students. And that will take a while to rebuild. Uh, one of the uh, sort of side effects of all of this is that it, it happened just as the government was pushing ahead with the merger of all the polytechnics and, and, and most industry training organisations into a single entity, Te Pukenga. So you have, um, have had this merger going on at a time when polytechnics income from foreign students has absolutely nosedived. And for many of those polytechnics, you know, the, the foreign student enrolments have become very, very significant. So they've been recording a lot of deficits over the last couple of years. Universities, interestingly, 
interestingly, not, not so much. They've, by and large, been made, able to make surpluses because they, you know they've they've budgeted for this and made layoffs. Polytechnics, for some reason, have found that more difficult, and they have had a lot more financial damage from this, and and they've really struggled. How many students are we expecting back uh, around the Motu this year? Yeah, really hard to tell. Um, over the last couple of months, the number of visas granted to first-time foreign students, people who haven't been here before, um, was running at around 4,500. That's quite similar to um, sort of the same time, maybe 2019, 2018. Um, just how many students we'll end up with. Nobody's really sure. As I say, you know, in the course of a normal year, you could get maybe 120,000 students. No one is expecting those numbers because, of course, you know, you've had people who've been here for two or three years. They're all finishing. There's going to be very few foreign students, you know, in their second or third year this year. There'll be maybe quite a few first years, but it'll be, you're missing that pipeline. There is pent-up demand that some people were waiting to send their children to New Zealand. But on the other hand, uh, there are also people saying, well, we're talking to agents and actually people stopped waiting and they're sending their children to countries that opened up more um, earlier than New Zealand did. So places like Canada, the UK and Australia. There was a sense early in the pandemic that maybe New Zealand's good handling of the pandemic um, might stand it in good stead. People would see it as a safe place to send your children. It's yeah, yet to be seen how that's going to play out. And one of the problems is people are thinking, well, what if New Zealand closes its borders again? You know, so there's a bit of wait and see on that. Auckland, New Zealand, Aotearoa, city of sales and home to Maclean's College. Welcome to Maclean's College. We're very proud to be one of the top performing high schools in New Zealand. We're a co-educational school, non-denominational, of around about 2,600 students. At McLean's College in Auckland, the pandemic has completely changed the school's outlook on international education. Its principal is Steve Hargraves. Our international student program began in about the year 2000 with a group of students from Korea. Uh, the program went well and over the years it grew. Uh, to the point where pre-COVID we had about 400 full-time equivalent students um, coming from all parts of the globe, uh, South America, Europe, but largely from uh, Southeast Asia and China. And, um, of course, COVID came along and put the brakes on that. Um, going into COVID 2020 year, we had 370 international students um, and then, of course, through 2021 and 2022, the students graduated, some of them went home, and by the middle of 2022, we were down to about 110 international students. What did that mean for your school when you had that huge drop? Well, international students add quite a lot to the, you know, the culture of the school. I mean, we're a very diverse school, um, 82 nationalities on site anyway. But the international students bring a you know a nice flavour to the school, particularly uh, the students from uh, Europe and South America. So we lost that uh, element of the school, which was a pity. Uh, but we also lost that um, financial um, benefit of having international students. So what that required was um, for us to trim budgets, uh, which we did, and um, we also took um, an increased number of out of zone students in 2021 
so that we could offset some of the the drop in revenue from international students by taking in domestic students. Well, you say you had to trim budgets. What did you have to trim? What couldn't you offer? <laughs> Unfortunately, it did impact the um, teaching and learning programs. So all of the faculty budgets um, were cut by 20%. So that just meant that some of the you know th- nice things that we like to do around field trips and extra resources and you know software programs that have licensing fees um, we um, weren't able to purchase or, or to, to do. Look, there were a couple of other things happened through 2020 and 2021. We did receive um, some support payments uh, from the government, which was gratefully received. Um, and yeah, that really, between us printing the budgets, um, still having quite a large number of students for, for 2020 and 2021, um, plus those support payments, we were able to balance the books. So we didn't actually go into the red um, in any of the last three years. We talk about the attraction of New Zealand. What is the attraction of New Zealand for international students? Why do they want to come here? Well, there's several reasons, and it does vary a little depending on the purpose of studying abroad. There are quite a few students um, want an experience in in a new country, so we find that with the South American and the European students, they quite often um, like coming to New Zealand because we have great outdoors, um, we're regarded as being safe, um, and you know they, they want to enjoy that feeling of independence and having that experience of travelling away. Um, and the school, in some ways, is you know that experience is, is almost incidental. They're not here to gain an academic qualification. For the the other students who are here to gain an academic qualification, again, we're safe. New Zealand's regarded as safe, and the New Zealand education system um, is highly regarded, despite what you might hear in the in the media. People trying to criticise the New Zealand schooling system and the fact we're sliding down the PISA table. We still have um, an education system that's you know well regarded. You know, students are they they get a good broad based education. You know, at the higher level, students can a- achieve very, very well, and it sets them up to study uh, in New Zealand or, or overseas. What about COVID? Has that helped? I mean, at first we were quite well regarded, I guess, for our success in our COVID policies. That might have changed a little bit now, but initially, has that helped? Do people still see New Zealand in that light? Well, it's interesting. That probably changed over the time of COVID, those three years, you know, initially it was, well, we've done this great job, we're safe, and, you know, Kiwis went about their daily business and were still playing sport and having barbecues through 2020, and I think the rest of the world was jealous, and that probably did go down very, very well with the international students that we had, because for a big chunk of 2020, they, you know, enjoyed opportunities that um, students in other countries didn't have. Of course, then, if you sort of move through to um, last year, because, you know, we had the, the COVID wave hitting us later than everybody else, um, many of the countries felt they'd moved through and, and New Zealand was playing catch up. So um, our reputation took a dent in 2022 just because of that slow vaccine rollout and the, and the high cases occurring when everybody else was kind of moving on. So does that mean that people don't see New Zealand as that safe COVID haven anymore and people are less inclined or students are less inclined to come here? I think COVID almost is not a factor anymore. It's amazing how quickly the markets adjust. So I was I travelled to Germany last year in October to recruit international students 
And COVID almost was just not a thing. Um, it's back to the, you know, the fundamentals of, of New Zealand international education, which, like I said, we're safe. Um, we've got great outdoors. Um, our families that host the students take great care of them. And, uh, you know, we're regarded as a good, reliable um, schooling system. But will the number of international students coming here ever return to pre-COVID levels? A school can only host international students if they've got space. You need classroom capacity to host students. So that's probably the biggest reason why um, we will not be going back to 350 or 400 international students in a given year is because we don't have the space. We have a huge amount of infill housing going on in East Auckland, in fact, probably right across Auckland. And um, that means um, Kiwis, domestic students, move in to the zone. Uh, they, they're purchasing these houses um, and the students are looking for a high school to attend and, and we take them. And that, of course, means that we don't have as much space to host international students. So there's been a, quite a population boom over East Auckland. Well, it certainly seems that way. We, were, we enrolled 90 students last Thursday um, who arrived in zone between December the 6th and uh, January the 25th. Now, that well, we always have a few to enrol, but 90 is, uh, we've never seen anything like it. What are your usual numbers? Um, less than half that, maybe maybe 25 or 30. Wow, um, and one day you got 90 students. Yep, so they'd all been submitting their enrolment forms and we completed their enrolments for 90 students in one day, yeah. So do you want to have up to 400 international students again? Do you want McLean's College to be like that again? Um, well, no, not really. Uh, um, for, for one, we just don't have the capacity. We don't have the classroom space. But actually, we don't need to be to be doing that to, to fund the school adequately. And my preference would be that, you know, we host domestic students, Kiwis, locals, um, before we entertain going to that sort of number again. That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Sarah Robson, Bonnie Harrison and Alexia Russell. Thanks to John Gerritsen and Steve Hargraves. Ka kite anō.